I died. I died. I died. Strapped in a hospital, and something was wrong with my heart, and now I am broadcasting from the afterlife. 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 Today, I'm going to introduce you to some of my ghost buddies that I've met since I've passed away. Passed away. Passed away. Passed away. We're going to meet a guy who's known for doing inappropriate stuff. Not me. Another guy. Another guy. Another guy. We're going to meet some other ghosts. One that likes to haunt an unusual place. Place. And then just some other stuff I found on Backpackerverse. Today on the Afterlife Special of Dead Rabbit Radio. 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 Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. So this is part two of episode 333. If you didn't listen to episode part one, it's totally fine. It was just a health update. If you don't want to hear that, you just skip past it. Doesn't matter to me if you're a new listener. You're not missing anything. I basically had a heart scare. Everything's fine. I was just reassuring people that everything's fine. Let's go ahead though and talk about some spooky spooky ghosts now little asterisks next to both of those spookies probably an asterisk next to ghost oh actually i do have two shout outs to do here so first off back when i did episode 300 crispy bacon the patreon supporter crispy bacon says you know what since we all talk about numerology and stuff like that episode 333 should be a special episode because it's halfway to 666 and i said you're right sir you are right, and originally it was supposed to be a special episode, but then I ended up in the hospital. But technically, it's kind of special because it's the first two-parter. It's not. I think I've done other two-parters. Have I? I don't think I have. So Crispy Bacon is the father of our first two-parter episode. I've done other two-parters now to think about it, but I've never split them up like this. So all it took was my heart to go out of rhythm, Crispy, to get your wish. Secondly, let's say hello to our newest Patreon supporter, We have C. Knowles, C. Knowles, C. Knowles, Patreon supporter, and I feel bad about this because I wanted this episode to come out on November 11th. Instead, it's being recorded on November 11th, but his son, Casey, it's his birthday on November 11th, 2019. Ooh, spooky day, 11-11. I actually saw a movie called 11-11-11. It was a really low-budget horror movie, and it was quite spooky. Don't let your kid watch it. But, well, it depends. If your kid's 25, go ahead. But because it is Casey's birthday, we're going to let Casey drive us around. Casey is going to be the man behind the wheel of the... Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring out the Carpenter Copter. I originally was going to use the Jason Jalopy, but since we have a guest pilot... You're like, Jason, he doesn't know how to drive a helicopter. Ah, come on, kid. Get inside. Here's the keys. So while he's getting it all set up, Let's go ahead and prepare for our journey to these ghost people that I met when I died. I should also say right now, I didn't die, but I should also say right now, originally, this episode was going to be about near-death experiences where people have come back from bad near-death experiences. But I didn't want to talk about that after spending five and a half hours in the hospital. So instead, we're going to talk about the aftermath of near-death experiences, death experiences, We're going to go hunt some ghosts. So fire up the copter, Casey. And right now we are headed to El Cerrito, California. 
He's a pretty good pilot, man. He knows his way around a cockpit. Is that what they call it in a helicopter? Oh, and I should say this, too, before I get started. Speaking of aerial aircraft, I get out of the hospital at 5.30. I, I go to the I start. I, end, I <clears throat> show up at the hospital at noon. I leave at 5.30. I leave in the middle of a chase scene of Fate of the Furious. And I was supposed to be at the movie theater by 6.25 to see Terminator Dark Fate. I walked about a mile from the hospital to the movie theater and got there in time to see Terminator Dark Fate. And it sucked. But I will say this. The action scenes were really good. It was just the plot was a mess. And it, the plot was a real mess. The action scenes were decent. The action scenes were decent. So anyways, that's... I mean, if you like watching people get clawed in the face with a metal hook eight every fight scene, a guy just gets a hook to the face. It's basically Saw franchise in action form. On the poster, the lead character is holding a hook. Use another weapon. It didn't work the first seven times. Action scenes are good, though. But anyways, there's this ridiculous aerial plane thing. We're not doing that. Casey's flying a helicopter. We're just flying around. We're not looking for dead franchises to crash into. Casey's totally just trying to concentrate as I'm just going off on these rants. He's like, dude, I've never flown a helicopter before. I'm petrified. I'm like, you can do it, kid. Slap him on the back. We're landing in Richmond, California. Sound like a Transformer? Not a Transformer. I wish. Helicopter lands. So we all get off, and I hope you guys brought your beach gear. Not beach gear. I hope you guys brought your pool gear, which is probably the same thing, honestly. Hope you guys brought your shorts and nothing else. Unless you're a woman, I guess I should Or, or you, you have a nice bathing suit on. I personally prefer one-piece bathing suits. Okay, maybe that's not true, because I do have a lot of Sports Illustrated posters around my apartment, but... I think in, in the wild, in public, I prefer one-piece bathing suits. I don't know what it is. On a poster, I prefer a bikini. There's nothing to do with the story. Anyways, forget that. So we're at this pool in El Cerrito. It's called the El Cerrito Swim Center. Very original name. Now, apparently, this pool... This is an interesting one. This is interesting. Apparently, the pool is haunted. A haunted pool. Now, you go, Jason, isn't that what happened in Poltergeist? The pool was haunted. Technically, the house was haunted. The bodies just came up out of the pool. But this pool is haunted. Supposedly, this pool was built on a... I don't actually know. I don't think there was ever a reason why it was haunted. But here's what... It, it's haunted, okay? According to multiple websites around the web. So What happens is they hate a crowded pool. These ghosts hate a crowded pool. So basically, the ghosts are just people who are alive nobody likes a crowded pool you're in a pool and you're swimming around splashing now these ghosts if the pool is too crowded they uh the water gets cold that's a sign that the ghosts are mad at you now that's also a sign that the pool is closed or that the pool they're trying to save energy the the, the manager of the pool is like oh man my electric bill is so high this one turns out everyone's like oh it's cold in here he's like what are you gonna do it's ghosts it's dead people and they're like ah or that it's in california and their their energy grid sucks to begin with i can say that as a longtime california resident this all happened during the gray davis administration during the rolling brownouts everyone's like why is the water so cold it must be ghosts also there are reports that if you're in this pool the ghosts will grab your feet and try to pull you under which again is any living person in a pool. 
Now, not any, I, I've been in a lot of pools in my life. I don't know why that's, I'm not bragging. Everybody has. But when you're in a pool, they're actually quite boring. Like, you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to get in the pool. Everyone take your shirts off. And if, when I was, I take my shirt off now, but I was one of those kids who didn't take a shirt off. And then I got to the point, I was like, why, why don't I take my shirt off? It, it makes me way heavier. One, I'm already heavy. I get in the pool, and now I'm even less buoyant because I have this shirt on. Two, I don't care what people think, so I started taking my shirt off. But I used to not to take my shirt off, probably until I was like, I don't know, 13, 14. I was a chubby kid. I'm still chubby, but I don't take my shirt off. I don't care. Took my shirt off walking down the street. I don't care. But anyways, you get in the pool and you're like, oh, yeah, woohoo. And then you're like, five minutes later, you're like, this sucks. Unless, like, you're hanging out in the pool with your buddies. But even then, it sucks. It totally sucks. Being in a pool is actually quite boring. So what do you do? You start horsing around. You start pulling people's feet. You start pretending to drown them or actually drown them. Play chicken, stuff like that. So these ghosts are basically just doing what humans do. Which, to be fair, you're saying, Jason, isn't that what all ghosts do? Eh, not necessarily. Like, if you go to a go, if you go to a haunted baseball park, you don't see balls flying around, which would actually be pretty dope. What I'm saying is it's most likely probably people you can't see. Not invisible people. It's probably just people directly underneath you pulling on your feet. Now, we do have a first-person encounter from El Cerrito Swim Center. This comes courtesy. Now, you may go, hey, Jason, do you really have to talk about this website? I thought you stopped talking about Backpacker first. I almost died yesterday, man. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Just so, But for the joke, I almost died yesterday. Give me some more Backpacker verse. I also, while I was watching Terminator Dark Fate, I thought I might have died if I hadn't gone to the hospital and my heart just wouldn't stop beating. It most likely wouldn't have. But for dramatic effect, as I'm watching Terminator Dark Fate, I go, it's quite possible that this might be the last movie I ever watch. And it was not, it was not up to snuff. But I could have seen Midway. So, I mean, you know, I don't think that movie would have been much better. I'm going to see it later this week. Maybe. I don't know feeling kind of bummy because my heart rate can only get so high. It can only get up to like 89 or something like that. Anyways, you're like, Jason, that's a normal heart rate. I'm like, yeah, but not for me. But not for me. I'm an exciting man. We have a first person encounter from Backpackerverse. I'm going to read you this quote and you tell me if you know what this first part is. A young man who happens, <clears throat> puberty started all of a sudden. A young man who happens to be a video psychic used to train in the swimming pool center had such a terrible encounter with the angry spirits that he decided to change pools. What's a video psychic? First off, I'm going to say, I since I've gone back to Backpackerverse, and to be fair, I don't go to Backpackerverse. I'm always looking for ghost stories and they constantly pop up. I'm not going to them. They're coming to me. Their site has taken a huge dip in quality recently. Now, I'm not going to attribute it to my exposés on them. And they realize, listen, we're caught. If we write good stuff or bad stuff, we're going to get caught by this elusive, wait, not elusive, intrepid journalist, Dead Rabbit Radio. Jason Carpenter is actual name. Let's just put, pump out poorly written stuff. Because when we do good written stuff, it's still fake. So let's just do fake poor written stuff. I don't know. But they're taking a huge dive in quality. What is a video psychic? That's someone who's like, okay, without even looking at the case, I can tell you what movie that is. It's a guy with no shoes on running through an office building. He's all, that's Die Hard, isn't it? Everyone's like, whoa, how did he know? He didn't even look at the case. He turned the case around. It's Die Hard. He's like, yeah, huh? Yup. What's a video psychic? What is a video psychic? Anyways, 
He said that one day he was swimming in this pool and he heard a voice. He, here, here's the quote. I started hearing angry voices of men whispering to my ears things like, Get out. Now, it could be that he was swimming in this pool and there were ghostly people going, Get out. Or, it's possible he was swimming in this pool, they were trying to close, and it was the lifeguard yelling, Get out! But he's underwater, so it all sounds muffled. And he's like, it was so weird. These mysterious mysterious men these phantoms in red shorts begin grabbing me and i'm wrestling with them and they dragged me out and the next thing i knew i was sitting outside the pool near my car what horrible fate awaits someone who goes to el cerrito swim center one star on yelp actually has four stars on yelp so that should tell you how unhaunted it is but yeah if you're in a pool and people (laughs) you hear voices going get out It's most likely someone who works there. They're like, look out, dude, someone peed in the pool. You're swimming in there. It's turning blue. It's already blue. It's turning green. I heard that's a myth. I heard that they don't actually have a thing that makes urine. Well, we have a thing that that makes urine. It's called our body. But there's not really a chemical in a pool that causes the water to turn green. I don't know. Urban legend? Who knows? Also, before we leave El Cerrito, let me tell you. I'm going to read you this last thing here. This this isn't on Backpackerverse. I'm not going to waste all your time on Backpackerverse. I'm going to save that for later stories. This is a first-person submission from a young woman named Monica. Here is her, her and her family's experiences with ghosts in El Cerrito. And if you are a resident of El Cerrito or Richmond, California, get ready, because this is a representation of not only the spirits that haunt you, but the people who live in that area. Here we go. In El Cerrito, the post office on California Drive, as well as Ontario and Grand, so I don't know if that's, I'm assuming that's two different post offices. But anyways, my aunt and cousins have seen giant owls flying around. One even stood and stared at them. (laughs) That is, who cares? Who cares? Giant owls. Okay, but anyways. This next part works. I've had family members see goblin-like creatures in El Cerrito. Lead with that next time. Don't lead with the post office and the giant owls. Just start off, hey, my family, we live in El Cerrito. Goblin. Also, what's a goblin-like creature? Goblin-like creature is just an ugly human. A goblin is a goblin. A goblin-like creature is a human who looks like a goblin. Imagine that you're a ghost investigating. You're walking around talking to people and you're like, hey man, have you ever seen any ghosts in El Cerrito? And this woman walks up to you and says this, this actual quote. My uncle said he saw a man on a horse. Was it a ghost man? Was it just a regular dude on a horse? Oh, no, that's the whole quote. My uncle said he saw a man on a horse. Was he at a dude ranch? Where? Was this in the middle of a city? Was it in an office building? Did it appear before him? Or was it just a man on a horse? And he is he's never seen a horse before. What's that that is so confusing. And that comes right after the goblin-like creatures. But let's wrap it up with this. My female cousin said she saw a man with money bags at her house. Did he have a Loomis? Was he did he have a Loomis uniform on? Was he walking out of a bank and loading up an armored car? These details are important. She does go on to say that she's picked up weird conversations about money and thieving. Like she's heard it in her head. She goes. She finishes her comment. This is the Wild West. And wild it is. 
Don't walk around late at night. Submitted by Monica. So, giant owls, nighttime, sure. Don't walk around at night. An owl might stare at you. Uh, Goblin-like creatures, you might see ugly humans in El Cerrito. You might see a man on a horse. And you might see a man walk around in money bags. Don't walk. None of those pose any danger to me. It should just be, don't walk out at night. This is California, and the crime rate is insane. You're going to get stabbed by a meth-addicted homeless man. He may or may not be holding money bags at the time. Most likely will not, because he's a meth-addicted homeless man. Maybe on a horse? Who knows? That would be interesting. A homeless... I guess all cowboys were technically homeless. The home was the range, right? Maybe homeless people are just reincarnated cowboys, and they have no cows to rustle, and they just feel the pull of being outdoors and sleeping under the stars and severe crippling drug addictions. Let's go ahead, hop back on the carpenter copter, Casey. We're going to fire that guy back up. And I hope you guys are aware now this is going to be a long episode because it's a special. It's the halfway to hell special. We're going to Sutter Creek. Sutter Creek, California. All this stuff takes place in California, by the way. So he's not flying too far. I don't know how far away Sutter Creek is from El Cerrito, but... We're allowing Casey to do some loop-de-loops and stuff. Oh, you're like, Jason, that wasn't part of the deal. You bought a bunch of marbles. When we were in El Cerrito, they're going everywhere. Every time, every time. Can you even do a loop-de-loop? You might. Casey can. The helicopter keeps spinning around and around. You're like, oh, no, I bought yogurt. Everything you bought needs a lid. Like, I'm sitting there with pizza. Technically doesn't need a lid. I guess it comes in a lid. I'm eating just a hamburger patty, so I'm good. I can put it in my mouth and then it just flies up into my teeth and like automatically I bite it like I'm a cartoon character, apparently. Whatever. We land. <laughs> the circus is over. I don't even know if physically that's possible. If you could hold, think about it. Let's figure this out. Okay, special episode. Almost died. Bear with me. If I held a piece of meat in my hands, which that, that is not an if. I do that every single day. If I'm holding a piece of meat in my when I'm holding a piece of meat in my hands, and I go to eat it, I go, ar, 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 and my teeth chew up the meat, right? But what if I held my mouth open, and just, this is a real legit question, this is not a bit, if I held my mouth open, and I took the meat, and I just, I moved the meat up and down, I kept my mouth open, could I eventually, obviously, I could, but could you eat it like that? Could I go, ar, 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 like I'm basically sawing it with my teeth, up and down, up and down, up and down, and then eventually a piece of meat falls into my mouth. Now, I'm not going to try that. Because it sounds like a huge choking hazard. But I bet it's possible. I bet if you really, if you happen to get like stung by a bee right on the jaw and couldn't move your mouth, you could just see like, a hot dog. And then a piece of hot dog falls in your mouth. And then you choke. But anyways, that's that's what I was doing on the helicopter. That was the point of that. Let's go ahead. We're in Sutter Creek. We're going to check into Sutter Creek Inn. Now, Casey, you stay in the ho- stay in the helicopter for this one. He's like, what? I'm like, just stay in the helicopter for this one. This one is PG-13. It's probably PG-13. We're not going to... Anyways, just stay in the helicopter, dude. He's like, oh, man. I'm like, trust us. You're, you're getting the good deal on this one. We go. We check into Sutter Creek Inn. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Now, there's no bell at this hotel. I bring my own. Bring my own bell everywhere I go. Set it on counters of places, fast food restaurants, hotels, 
air, airports. Ding, 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 ding. The person comes out of the office. They're like, where's that dinging coming from? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, hi. So I'm like, hello. Yes, I would like to book a room for myself and my listeners here. And they're like, is that a small boy sitting in a helicopter outside? Does that helicopter really have missiles on it? I was like, yeah, yeah, ignore the boy. Ignore the boy. We want to check into a room here. So when we're in the hotel here, walking around, there have been a lot of ghosts spotted here. So we, the traditional thing, this place has been kind of haunted for a while. There's a traditional thing. You see old ghosts and old timey clothes show up. I'm still waiting to see like a ghost in like a Metallica shirt or something like that. It's always like big old ribbons and and <laughs> they're not birthday presents, but like big old bow ties and fitted vests and stuff like that. I want to see ghosts that are poorly dressed. I want to see ghosts in tank tops and torn underwear. And I want to see just like slobs. Most people die as slobs. Most people die as they're naked a lot of times or they just die and they're slobby. But when their ghost shows up, they're in full Elizabethan garb. What if, like, if I died right now, my ghost would show up and I'd be dressed as, like, a pikeman from Napoleon's army? That would be a trip. I'd be like, oh, what? This is pretty dope. I'm poking people with my pike. People are like, that's weird. Like, we always knew Jason was into, like, podcasts and bad movies. We didn't know he was he, he was a Napoleon war reign actor. It's quite odd. But anyways, ghosts in old-timey clothes walking around. We have a story from, of course, Backpacker First. These, this, this hotel supposedly really is haunted. There's a lot of stuff about this hotel, but Backpacker First tells a story about this dude who checks into the hotel with his girlfriend or wife. Doesn't matter. Same thing. Just a contract after that. Ring. No biggie deal. His girlfriend slash wife he's hanging out of the hotel with. And then he gets into bed and she's like downstairs doing something. And then the ghost gets into bed. Well, he doesn't know it's a ghost. He feels a lump in his bed, and he's like, ooh, baby. And he's like cuddling up with his lump. And then his girlfriend comes in the door, and he's like, ah. And he throws back the blanket, and there's a woman with pale white skin and black hair laying in bed next to him. And she vanishes. So that didn't happen. That story is totally made up. Multiple reasons why it's made up. One, let, let's look at it factually here. Okay, so first off, one of the main things that human And you may not know this. I mean, I'm sure you do. I'm not calling you guys idiots. But it's mostly subconscious. One of the main things we use to identify people is smell, even if we don't know it. There is no way that you are getting, if you are sober, there is no way you are getting into bed with someone who is not your significant other and not immediately recognizing it not as your significant other. But Jason, maybe the ghost is able to replicate the human smell of his wife. Okay, fine. Then you want me to believe that she leaves a lump that he can wrap his arms around her and snuggle up to a non-corporeal entity. So this would have to, like, if there is a power level of these things, um, walking down, a ghost walking down a hallway, like you seeing a phantom walking down the hallway, would be fairly low on the power level. It picking up an object or throwing it or knocking over an object would be higher uh, turning electricity on and off would actually be probably easier to do than moving stuff over, unless it's actually hitting the light switch, which it never is, conveniently. It's always something happening in the wall. But to be able to manifest as a spirit that can not only uh, misshape the blankets, be a full-bodied apparition, because you can, like, spoon it, wrap your arms around it, and not notice it's not your wife or girlfriend. 
that is basically Gozer level power. That there that would inqui- that would mean that this ghost is basically the most advanced ghost on the planet. And it's not. It's totally made up. And he pops out of bed, and his wife's like, "Oh my god, what are you doing about that woman?" And then the ghost disappears. Now, to be fair, that actually is a great way. If you have a girlfriend slash wife or boyfriend slash husband, and you want to cheat on them, make your lover cover themselves in head to toe white makeup. It might make some chafing during, you know, the actual act of lovemaking, but have them cover their body in white and full body white makeup or baby powder or and and I mean, dye their hair black. And then that way, whenever you get caught with them, you shouldn't because you're cheating on them. But if you get caught with them, you could then go, oh, my God, it was a ghost. And then they could hide under your bed or something like that and go, don't look under the bed. He's He's a spooky monster now. And. If your significant other is an idiot, they won't realize that the ghost looks exactly like their cousin. But that's why you fell in love with them in the first place, because they're an idiot. And you can convince them that your lover is a ghost. So we are not done, though, with the Sutter Creek Inn. We see Casey looking through the helicopter uh, window. He's like, are you guys done yet? It's getting kind of cold out here. Uh, Like, it's just the ghost. It's just the ghost making the helicopter cold, bro. Just just chill out. (laughs) <laughs> get it chill out it's like 30 degrees out there and C. Knowles is like dude that's my son just tell him how to turn on the heater hold on hold on hold on we got one more ghost to look at and then we'll go out we'll turn on the heater we are here for the main attraction we've covered tons of ghosts we've talked about tons of ghost types over this show and there's sometimes you run across a ghost that's quite unusual and this is one of them and this is why i brought you to here we're gonna meet a ghost he doesn't have a name we'll call him it doesn't matter. I don't need... He doesn't have a name, okay? He just he doesn't need a name. This ghost has been spotted multiple times. And while you're hanging out in the little dining room, you're drinking your tea or soda. Oh, I don't even drink either of those anymore. While I'm drinking water. Lame. Like a nerd. Like a caveman. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I gave him nicotine, and now I can't even have caffeine. And I can, but just not not eight gallons of it. But still, I'm not supposed to have it for a while. As I'm complaining about my own lifestyle choices that I've made, you're like, Jason, okay, the pity party's over. Ooh, your heart got out of whack. Now you guys are making fun of me as I'm drinking my water. You keep trying to slip uh, slip tea into it. I'm like, no, that'll kill me. It'll kill me. So you guys are all laughing at my weakened state. A ghost shows up. And, we're, and I'm like, oh, oh, everyone, shh. Quit making fun of me as I wipe a tear away from my eye. Quit making fun of me. Look, watch this. And the ghost is standing in front of us and we're standing. We're not standing. We're sitting in front of the ghost. And then the ghost drops his pants, fully exposing himself to us. And then he disappears. Now, that's unusual even in the world of the paranormal. There's not many cryptids. We talked about the Gurning Man. Quite a few episodes back, he seemed like an exhibitionist spirit or alien or demon or something like that who would only appear to women of a certain age group and rub his chest and have this creepy smile on his face. But we don't see many exhibitionist ghosts, which is interesting because if you think about it, so many people have weird hangups that you think they would follow them to the afterlife more often. This one's did. So he's a ghost that must have been a flasher, if it exists at all. Let me back up here. If this story is true in any way, shape, or form. And this is a famous ghost at this place. I found this ghost mentioned several times. Especially in the book National Directory of Haunted Places. This ghost will appear in front of women. 
and we're a mixed company, but it's all good. He'll appear in front of women and he'll pull his pants down, exposing himself to us. Now, there's no specification that he's not pulling his pants down and there's nothing there. So I believe that we're actually seeing his ghost junk. That's why we left Casey in the helicopter. But that's why we left him in the helicopter, because he was not supposed to see this. However, we all saw it. And that might be the first ghost flasher that we've actually ever covered, or a ghost with some sort of bizarro hang-up. Like that. Like, he's still in the afterlife, still finding a lot of amusement, pulling his pants down in front of women and exposing himself. I did tell you guys about this, but I'm going to repeat the story again. When I was in the Stanley Hotel, which was the hotel that inspired The Shining, they had a closet that the, we, I went on this ghost tour, and the the tour guide was like, now everybody, she was this really, really hot chick in this like colonial outfit, but I'm going to make fun of her voice anyways. Well, but any it, it, people, here you go. <laughs> now she sounds like Rick or Morty or both of them. Here's a closet, okay? And if you go inside, you'll, there's a creepy old... Now, forget the voice. She explains to us that there's a closet in this room where there's this randy old ghost who will, like, feel up women if you go in there. And she goes, any volunteers? Any woman want to go into this dark room and be groped by this supernatural spirit? Now, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is fake, obviously. And so the woman goes, any volunteers? And this girl, this girl, she's probably about 12, goes, I'll do it. And the demeanor of the tour guide completely changed. And she looks straight at the girl and she goes, you have to be 18 to go into the room. Any volunteers? And we're like, what in the world? So that makes me think, and I think I explained, I did an episode on the Stanley Hotel. It was on my birthday episode last year. But anyways, so we do have records or stories is probably a better word. Of these spirits who have these weird type of hangups. But I wanted to expose you, pun intended, to this one. And you're like, boo, boo. You're holding me down. You're shoving caffeine right in my throat. So, you guys carry me back to You carry my lifeless body in a Christ-like pose. Back to the helicopter. Throw me in the back. Turn the heater on. Fly me to the hospital. Five and a half hours later, I'm sitting in the hospital. You guys are like, are you ready to go? Are you done? I'm like, hold on, hold on. So, let me get this straight. Dom Toretto turned against the family because his girlfriend... And you're like, no, just shut the movie off. Just shut the movie off. You guys pull me out of the hospital room. I'm like, no, 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 wait. I, I need to see more of Hobbs and Shaw before their own spinoff movie. You guys drag me out of the hospital room. We are going to one last place here. We are going to Sonoma County. <laughs> Flying through the night sky, rotor blades cutting clouds. Don't think that happens. Caribers, caribers are getting knocked out of their house. I'm like, Casey, fly through those clouds. You're like, but isn't that Carolot? I'm like, fly through those clouds. Just rainbows are getting destroyed. There's a little, there's a care bear with no legs. He's like, why, why? I'm like, care about that. Blood going everywhere. Anyways, we eventually land the helicopter. Casey's like, oh, my childhood heroes. I really loved Cherilot Bear. I'm like, yes, he can share in the misery of losing all of his friends now. Senol takes his son home. He's like, that's his son we're leaving. Casey's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Care Bears. Anyways, no, they come back. They come back. They're good people. 
Casey gets over it very quickly because he doesn't know who the Care Bears are. He's like, what the, what's a Care Bear? I've never even heard of that before. If he was flying through like Beyblades or something, he'd probably be more more emotionally wrought. Anyways, we're going to a couple places. These are going to be brief. These are all from Backpackerverse. So we're going to end on the absurdity. I guess I should say this for new listeners. Backpackerverse is a stupid website that just makes up stuff about ghosts. And you're like, Jason, are you really going to? Yes, I'm going to do this. I almost died yesterday. Let's talk about this. We're in Backpackerverse. This is from the website, or this is from the web page. 10 Sonoma County hiking trails with insane paranormal activity. First off, we're going to Laguna de Santa Rosa Trail. Let me read. I'm going to read this to you. Because that's the best way to explain this stuff. Because then you go, Jason, you're just, you're just making stuff up. And I'm like, no, let me read exactly what they wrote to you. Beware, this is the Laguna de Santa Rosa Trail. Beware, you might encounter someone wandering aimlessly in the middle of the woods, and that someone is not necessarily a human being. Numerous stories have reported the bizarre sighting of a body roaming while bending mid-waist. What what does that even mean? What what in the world does that even mean? Does that mean, honestly, that somebody somebody walking down the trail saw another human roaming around bent over and assumed that was not a human being? Or, sorry, not necessarily a human being. Because if that's the case, if that is the litmus test we use for the paranormal, then the world is surrounded by ghosts. You can go to any place where there's a penny on the ground and someone's like, oh, you're like, oh, no, the invasion has begun. Go to an old folks home. Go to just walk by a yoga studio and see a bunch of people bent over. When this guy walks by the yoga studio, he thinks it's full of ghosts. He thinks Paranormal Activity 8 is taking place. There's a bunch of people bent over. Maybe it was crawling, but again, that was the enti- that was it. That was the end of the story. There was more to it, but that was the end of it. And the more didn't explain any of that. Now let's go to Pygmy Forest Trail at Salt Point State Park. Let me read this verbatim to you. Because I think it has a great setup. There is a little-known story, i.e. I just made it up for the sake of this article, There is a little-known story of a small girl who looked exactly like the doll she owned. And I was like, ooh, cool. A story about a girl turning into a doll, or the doll wanting a twin sister, or the doll is her twin sister. Trapped. That's what I'm thinking. Rumors say, this is back to the quote here. Rumors say that years ago, she got lost in the forest while carrying her doll. Oh, maybe the doll's going to help her find her way out, or maybe when rescuers show up, there's two dolls. Or the doll takes over the girl, so the girl is still trapped in the doll. For whatever. Let's move on to the quote. She never made it out and died alone. Now her spirit wanders the forest, doll in hand, seeking aid from hikers. Will you help her? What? Why? Why did you? That's that's the whole thing for that one. Why would you build up the fact that the doll looked like her? Like, am I wrong to be disappointed in that? A girl has a doll that looks exactly like her. She gets lost in the woods one night. And then she just never gets found, and she still carries the doll around. That's stupid. That's dumb. Like, I was so insulted by that one, because it actually set it up to be kind of creepy. It could have said, some people say that the doll is the kid. (laughs) That's okay. So maybe it's a little convoluted, but 
let me refresh. Let, let me do this right now. There's a little known story of a girl who used to carry a doll around that looked just like her. And one day, the girl got lost in the forest. A couple days later, the little girl was found by rescuers. But she didn't have her doll. They didn't think anything of it. But when they brought the girl home to her mother, her mother swore, that's not my daughter. That's not my daughter. Bam. There you go. What was that, like five, six sentences? It makes it a little more scary, like you're thinking, did the doll possess her, or did they change places, or whatever. Not, she still has the doll, she's... And, I love this last... Okay, now her spirit wanders the forest, doll in hand, seeking aid from hikers. Will you help her? Yes. Yes, if I am in the middle of the woods, and a little girl shows up and says, oh my god, I haven't eaten anything in days, I've been lost, will you help me? I'll say, like, yes, I will help you. What type of old... And, and it doesn't even say that she kills you if you don't help her or if you do help her or whatever. She's just a little... Yes! Who who reads that and goes, no way? Because even if it's a little ghost girl with a little creepy doll, you go, yeah, I'll help you out. And you take her to the edge of the forest and she goes, thanks, stranger, and then she disappears. Ah, there you go. There you go. Now, if they said she also has a collection of G.I. Joe action figures that are in the shapes of the hikers who tried helping her in the past. Creepy. Again, then I go, no, I don't want to help this girl because I don't want to turn into Shipwreck. Shipwreck was actually my favorite G.I. Joe character. So funny. There was this episode of G.I. Joe about Shipwreck. And this is going to trip some of you guys out because this is a true Mandela thing or lost media, however you want to put it. One of the best two-part episodes, I'll talk about this because this is my two-part episode. One of the best, one of the best two-part episodes of GI Joe, because they always did like uh, like five-part episodes and stuff like that. They had this episode, and this totally fits with the podcast too. So I'm not just going off on a rant. They had this episode where Shipwreck, who was like the sailor GI Joe, so Shipwreck is involved in this huge battle against Cobra, and something happens. He he gets knocked out or something like that. And then he wakes up, it's 10 years later, and he goes, whoa, like, what's up? And then he's like, have I been in a coma for 10 years? They said, no, 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 no. You've been in a coma for, like, three days, actually. You did get injured in that battle, but then G.I. Joe actually defeated Cobra, and you were instrumental in that, actually, but you've lost your memories. Like, you just recently had this new head injury, and you've lost the last 10 years of memories. You have a wife and a kid. I think he had two kids. And the world's at peace. Cobra is destroyed. And so he's on, he goes home, and it's like this perfect suburban life, and he's like, I don't remember any of this. This is a really good episode. He's like, I don't remember any of this, but his beautiful wife, beautiful kids. And he's meeting other G.I. Joes, and he starts to catch on. It's kind of a Truman Show type of thing that... He is a prisoner. He starts to kind of figure out that this life is not real. That he's a prisoner. And it must have been Cobra who are trying to get information out of his head. Now, his buddies are saying, Shipwreck, no, you're going insane. Like, you need to go to the doctor. Like, this is reality. We've defeated Cobra. And he's like, no, 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 you guys. I know for a fact that something is not right here. And... What happens is, I don't remember what the impetus is for him to finally realize that the everything is fake, but 
he decides to try to break out of town. And all of a sudden, like, everything goes to chaos. And it did turn out that Cobra did kidnap him during that last battle and had created this whole world for him. Or this, It was on an island. And gave him a fake family. But the people on the islands were basically, like, bio-robots. So when they were killed, they would melt. And it was like their eyeballs would fall out of their head and they would look like an action figure was being lit on fire. They would just kind of melt. And at the ending, he still hasn't fully grasped how much, how many bio androids are on this island. He goes home to get his wife and his kids because he still is having a hard time sorting this out. And they both pull, they all the kids have these automatic rifles and his wife has this automatic rifle. And they're going to shoot him, and a fire breaks out. Now, this is the thing. The first time they aired the episode is different than every other airing of the episode. Because and because I love this. It was one of my favorite episodes of G.I. Joe. I just thought it was a great storytelling thing. And I saw it back like in 85. So I was like nine years old. And it's just like blowing my mind that this this story is going on. But in the original viewing of it that I remembered, a fire breaks out in the house and the bio-androids of his family have rifles on them and they melt. He watches his wife and kids melt in front of him and their eyeballs fall out of their heads and he's like, no! He's totally freaking out that they just melt. Like, they were going to kill him, but the fire got to him first and you're just watching these two kids and this wife that he would thought that were real, really up to that point, melt. And the episode ends with the Joes laying siege to the island because they figure it out and they save him. And he's just like heartbroken. He just can't. Like he's still trying to figure out. Because he was on this island for a while. It wasn't like two days. He was on this island for a good amount of time. And he was being told, oh no, you've been here for 10 years or whatever. Really, really good episode of an 1980s cartoon. G.I. Joe had a couple episodes that, that I think that was probably the best episode of G.I. Joe. They did tell some really good stories, but yeah. Um, why am I talking about that? What, what were we talking about? Helping people? I was talking about like saving a little girl from... Oh, oh, appearing as a G.I. Joe character. Yes, yes. I Shipwreck was actually one of my favorites. After, So I would be happy to appear as Shipwreck. He was actually one of my favorites. I think before that show, I really liked that character. Anyways... <laughs> everyone's just sitting in the forest the little girl with her dolls just sitting there super bored she's like okay boomer we don't care about your 80s cartoons and your care bear references i'm like so anyways i'm like okay girl you can head back to the forest she's like thank you i will head back to my eternal torment as long as i don't have to hear about 80s cartoons anymore 80s cartoons were great by the way so better than like your slug terra nowadays but anyway so we're walking through we're, we're leaving there we're going to our last trip on our special episode halfway to hell special episode thanks crispy bacon for making me realize the significance of 333 so we are headed off to our last destination of our special episode of dead rabbit radio we are going to west county regional trail sebastopol that's in california apparently sebastopol stupid name Anyways, West County Regional Trail. Know nothing about the place. Just a dumb name. Don't want to go there. West County Regional Trail. Again, I just got to read you this quote. Because you can't say it any better than this. But while I'm reading you this quote, I want you to imagine we're going on this journey together. So. Cold night air. 
through the very famous haunted forest of Sebastopol. Everyone knows about Sebastopol. Marked by a wooden bridge. Don't know why there's a whistle there, but there was. There's a little, there's a little slide whistle there. Marked by a wooden bridge. It takes you on a short journey into the mesmerizing horrors of old structures. Who knows what you will find under the piles of rotten wood? So we're walking through this. We cross the old creaky bridge. I reach for the slide whistle. You're like, no, that joke was dumb the first time. Don't do it again. I'm like, oh, we walk off the bridge. We go on a short journey into the mesmerizing horrors. We're like, oh, tripping out. You're like, Jason, Jason, that's an acid plant. Don't touch it. I'm all tripping out. Anyways, we're walking through the woods and we see old structures so old, spooky, broke-down buildings. Just wood everywhere. Which is what forests normally have in them. But this is processed wood. This is cut and like planks of wood. And then what was it? Oh, yeah. The next part was, what will we find under piles of rotten wood? So brown recluses, maybe the body of a homeless man. Who knows? Probably those two things. Or both. And then we get to this last sentence. This might actually be one of the best sentences I've ever read involving the paranormal. If not one of the best sentences I've ever read, period. So, <laughs> move out of the way, Hemingway. We have backpacker first. We're walking through this forest late at night. We see a pile of rotting wood. We're moving it aside. And then we have this quote. Some hikers report a strange apparition. Here's the first part, which we need to figure out. A face without a body. So, some hikers report a strange apparition of face without a body. Now, you go, Jason, that's not unusual. Okay, but here, here's the thing. Is it a head? Or is it just a face? I would assume, because of the terminology, it's simply the face and not a head. But wouldn't you just be able to say a face? Like a floating face. Why do you have to add without the body? That's how all faces are. There's nothing unusual about that. You're, you're going, Jason, you're getting, hot, you're getting totally into the weeds on this one. This is why this is important. Because it's obvious it doesn't have a body from the rest of the sentence. It's almost like they got paid by the word and they wanted that. They get paid a penny every word. They wanted that extra three cents. Because they did not need the term without a body because of what comes after this. Removing the wood around. We go back to the sentence. Some hikers report a strange apparition. A face without a body stitched into the headrest of a brown leather chair. <laughs> okay, so now you see why. First off, first off, that's not, first off, let's be clear, that's not true. That never has happened in the history of the world. At no point has ever Anyone moved a log, seen a pile of rotting wood, began moving the rotting wood, and found a brown leather chair. That part is untrue, totally. Secondly, removing the wood and then seeing a human face stitched into a brown leather chair. Without a body, by the way, because that would just be someone sitting in a chair. What is the point of this apparition? What is the point of being a ghost if people have to remove garbage to find you? That's not really even a ghost. 
that is okay. Here's the thing. Let's play our game. This is either completely made up. That's it is completely made up. But let's say that the story is true. Let's figure out what it is. If you were a ghost, if you were a ghost, you would be like, woo, floating around. Maybe you're trapped in a particular location, but unless this guy died in a lazy boy factory and he possessed the body of a of a brown leather chair, there is no way. Also, let's let's talk about this too. There is no way that a ch- a brown leather chair would survive more than a few nights under a pile of rotting wood in the middle of a forest. It would be completely trashed. So you're like Jason. That's neither here nor there. We're talking about ghosts. My point is, is that you're a ghost. Are you really going to be a ghost under garbage? Like, wouldn't that be the most ridiculous place to just be a ghost? Two, let's say that it's my worst nightmare. Let's say that a man was magically transformed into a lawn chair or a a leather chair, a big old recliner. And I hate, I've talked about that. I hate stories where people are transformed into stuff against their will. So this guy is turned into a brown leather chair. The, the, The thing that scares me about that is that you're transforming into something and you're just sitting there and you're observing the world around you. Like, that locked-in disease doesn't really scare me as much because you're still like a human. But, like, if you had locked-in disease and you were an Ottoman or you were, like, a lazy boy, that terrifies me. So he's trapped in the form of a, a recliner. I'm assuming it's a recliner. In the middle of nowhere... But, and then he could, like, watch the birds fly around and be like, oh, I wish I could pet those birds. I wish I was fast enough to catch a bird to pet it. It doesn't scare me if you're covered, again, if you're covered in garbage, because then you don't know what's going on in the outside world. You can't influence it anyways. You're just a leather chair covered in garbage. You're just a leather chair covered in garbage. So you are a garbage ghost. That might be the worst ghost. That might be the worst ghost we've ever covered. Now, I'm sure someone could email me and show me a worse ghost. But being a ghost... In the middle of nowhere, that's spooky, actually. A little girl ghost walking around with a doll can be spooky. But at least she's mobile. At least she can, like, follow you. And when you're in your tent, a little, like, you see the zipper move up a little bit. And you see, like, a little eye poke out. Like, look out from underneath the flap. And you first you just think, oh, maybe that was a deer. Maybe a deer got super close and, and evolved thumbs and undid the zipper. But you would, like, brush it off. And then in the middle of the night, you would be on your cell phone late at night and the blue glow would be filling up the tent and you would think you see like the outline of something outside your tent. You're like, ah, the deer's back. But then you realize it's like only four feet tall and happen to be carrying a two foot tall version of itself. And then in the morning you wake up and your own kid is missing. And there's a doll that looks exactly like your kid. You're like, ah, this sucks. What am I going to do with this dumb doll? That's scary. I mean, obviously, that involves child abduction. But any part of that, the little girl looking in your tent or seeing something run by your tent, obviously, your child being replaced by a doll, all that stuff's scary. Now, you're camping in the middle of the woods, and 50 feet away from you is a pile of garbage. And the wind blows, and you think you see something outside your tent, and you look, and it's just a pile of garbage 50 feet away. No big deal. You're like, I should have probably picked a different camping spot, but whatever. And then, later on the night, you're kind of on your phone flipping around and you think you see something move outside, but you're wrong. You're just tired. <laughs> you're seeing stuff. And the next morning you wake up and you pack all your gear up and leave. And your kid's totally fine. Your kid, there's not a little brown leather chair with your kid's face on it. You're like, no, this sucks. You just leave with your kid. There's a pile of garbage that nobody ever looks in. 
What hiker, let me just say this too, and I'm sorry, I might be beating a dead horse. What hiker is like, hmm, what a beautiful nature romp. I love nature. Ooh, pile of garbage. Let me start rooting through this until they find a brown leather chair with a human, not a body, a face without a body stitched into the headrest of a brown leather chair. That is our tour of spooky, spooky, little asterisks next to those, ghosts, asterisks next to that one as well, of California. Now, I want to end this episode with, again, a thank you to you guys for all your support and all your love. I I find it so bizarre that less, it's a little, the show started in June of 2018. So we're a little over a year later. And I've been to the ER before, and I've had issues where I've had to go there, and I've sat in that room for an hour or two or more while I'm getting tests done and things like that. And then they come back and say, oh, it's just an anxiety attack, or, oh, you know, your ankle's not broken, or da 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 But never have I sat in that hospital and been able to laugh at all of the great comments and feel very proud of all the support you guys have given me. This show's really changed my life. Like, I was thinking about that. I was like, this is really awesome. Like, this is a community of people. And I really want to make sure that you guys know how much you mean to me. You guys really do mean a lot to me. And that's why I wanted to get this episode out. Not feeling 100% still, but I wanted to get this episode out for you guys. Just to acknowledge how much you guys mean to me. This show's really changed my life. And I'll end it with this. I almost didn't do the podcast. We've talked about this a couple times. Like I was a writer before this and I had some other projects before this. And I just kind of fell into this one day. And I I implore you guys to find those projects that are going to change your lives as well. You may fail a couple times. I've failed a couple times at other projects. But find that thing that will change your life. That sounds like a big goal. And you may not know what it is at first, but... Find that thing so a year later when you're feeling down and you're not feeling good, you have that community around you. And and to let you guys know that you guys do have this community around you as well. But um, yeah, find, find that thing if you can. Because it's weird. I mean, again, my life has radically changed since I started doing this show. And I really, really appreciate all you guys, all your support, all your love, all your jokes. But it also wasn't Veronica the Haunted Doll had nothing to do with this. It's totally fine. I love you guys. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>